Everything good, Kurt? Yes. I think we're ready here. Okay. Um, welcome everybody to the November 17th, 2021 meeting of the Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Planning Commission. Um, I'll ask Becky to read the rules um, for the Zoom call before launching in. Thank you. Good evening, my name is Becky Pepper, Planning Manager. Joining me here in the City Commission room is Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director, and Kyle Kobe, who will be facilitating the Zoom video portion of the meeting. We will work alongside the chair who is on video remote to facilitate the meeting proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and cha uh, cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself if you, uh, during the meeting if you're not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled, so all chats will go directly to the Zoom facilitator. Unless you're participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you're participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send the Zoom facilitator a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name and title before you speak. When public comment is sought on an item, individuals participating in person should approach the podium following social distancing and safety protocols. Individuals are required to wear a mask but may remove their mask when making remarks at the podium. Please state your name before speaking. Your comments will be limited to three min minutes. Individuals providing comment via Zoom should use the raise your hand function to indicate that they wish to speak. This hand, raise hand function may appear in different places on your Zoom menu depending on the device you're using and which version of Zoom you have. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. And when you're called on, please unmute your device, state your name before speaking. And again, comments will be limited to three minutes. For commissioners, all motions need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each commissioner individually to provide their vote. Staff will then announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. And I wanna again remind everyone to please mute yourself when you're not speaking and I'll turn it back over to the chair. Thank you, Becky. Luke Sinclair Chair. Um, we'll go right into the communications. Do we have any um, written communications from the public or from uh, staff, planning commissioners or other commissioners or any written actions of waiver requests or determinations from the city engineer? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Uh, all communications were included as part of your online packet. We have no written communications from staff, planning commissioners or other commissioners and no uh, written action of waivers or determinations by the city engineer this evening. Thank you, Luke Sinclair Chair. Are there any commissioners that need to disclose ex parte communications? Commissioner Rexrode. Thank you, Commissioner Rexrode. Yeah, the uh, the one topic tonight um, uh, is uh, unique for me. I. Uh, um, live on uh, the street in question and happen to be the president of the HOA that is associated with this particular, uh, where this particular project is being planned. Um, so understandably, I've had uh, conversations with every neighbor um, in that area um, and have also had the opportunity to work with the applicant um, and his engineer, Mr. Storm. Um, I should share that um, 
the staff report does call out uh, concerns from the neighbors, but doesn't it doesn't adequately express the the, the breadth of the concerns that are there. Um, uh, we can get to that later. I suppose if there are questions. Um, uh, I will say though that um, having said that, we've worked pretty closely with uh, with Mr. Fritzel and with with, with Mr. Storm, and those two have um, through the course of that that dialogue um, gone quite a ways to mitigate the risk, the concern that the neighbors have, have expressed primarily around that first and the golden factors of character of the neighborhood being changed or diminished. Um, as you see in the uh, packet, they have provided information or they, they have provided increases in the footprint of the lots. And maybe the most significant piece, which isn't mentioned in the staff report, is um, a verbal agreement and 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 work being done to include um, this new subdivision into the HOA, which would then give the neighborhood um, some ability to um, uh, maintain uh, the, the the character of the neighborhood with influence over design. Um, I've worked with or visited with. Uh, um, Randy Larkin, and while there's no formal reason why I, I need to abstain, given how close I am to this, the fact that I am um, a uh, uh, resident on that street and that I'm president of HOA, um, decided to recuse myself from the vote, but would stand available to answer questions that you might have. Mr. Sinclair Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Rexroad. <clears throat> Are there any other commissioners that have ex parte communications to disclose? Okay. How about um, Commissioner Rexroad? You sort of addressed this, but are there, I don't, you can revisit it, or are there any other commissioners that need to declare an abstention from the one item we have on our regular agenda tonight? Seeing none, I'll. I'll further complicate things and say that I am going to abstain from that item. Um, we've had a few over the course of my time on the commission uh, applications um, involving Eagle 1968 LC um, or other organizations or entities affiliated with uh, Mr. Fritzel and I've abstained from those. Um, not because I think that I have a conflict, but I am an assistant U.S. attorney on my day job. I work for uh, U.S. Attorney's Office here in Kansas, and obviously there have been um, interactions between those two as, as my office has uh, prosecuted um, cases involving those individuals. So because of that, uh, though I have not been involved in the prosecutions, I, I feel like it would probably be fair to, to not be involved in the decision to avoid any appearance of um, bias or impropriety. Um, and so during that item, I guess uh, the vice chair, uh, Sharon Ashworth, is going to run that portion of the meeting. Um, so getting extensions out of the way, uh, the next item we have is general public comment. Are there any um, people that have shown up in the hearing room or on the Zoom call that have any comments they want to make that don't involve items we have on our agenda tonight? Kyle Kobe Planner, there's nobody in the room. And I don't see any videos coming on or hands going up via Zoom either. Okay. 
then uh, we'll close that portion and move to the regular agenda, Luke Sinclair Chair. And um, we, have, we have one item, there were four, but three have been deferred. And so for that item, I'm going to drop off here and turn uh, the meeting over to Vice Chair Ashworth. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair, Chair, Chair Sinclair. Um, okay, let's get this evening started. We just have one item on the agenda to consider approving a preliminary plat for heritage number four at Albemarle Edition, located between 4600 and 4412 Nicholas Drive, submitted by Storm Engineering. And Catherine Week is the planner staff that's going to present that project. Good evening, Commissioners. Catherine Week, planner. Um, as Commissioner Ackworth has said, I'm here to present preliminary plat for heritage number four at Albemarle. Uh, this preliminary plat is for a residential sub subdivision proposal on approximately three acres located between 4600 and 4412 Nicholas Drive or the north side of Nicholas Drive. Um, key points in this particular preliminary plat, and I, I don't have a slide presentation this morning because typically with preliminary plats there are not a lot of visuals, but I do have Kyle at the ready with the plat document if we do need to take a look at that. Um, for any follow-up questions. Um, but key points for this particular preliminary plat is that the property is located within the tier one uh, of Lawrence's urban growth area in plan 2040, but it is not located in any area plan or sector plan area. The property is located within RS7, a residential single dwelling um, district. And this preliminary plat proposes seven residential lots of four detached dwelling development on that north side of Nicholas Drive. The existing land is currently being used as part of the adjacent golf course, and this plat would narrow a fairway or rough area adjacent to this area um, to create those residential lots. Um, any follow-up action that would be required uh, with this particular preliminary plat, as you know, preliminary plats are part of a two-step platting process for unplatted property. Um, and should this preliminary plat be in approval, they would still have to go through the review of the final plat process. And at that time, public improvement plans would be required to be approved prior to any recording of the final plat document. And then subsequent building permits would be required for any development on those lots. Um, as was mentioned earlier, we did receive significant contact from the neighbors uh, prior to the printing of the staff report I would say upwards of nine to 10 uh, phone calls asking for the scope of the project, details of the plat, copies of the plat, um, and whether or not you know there was public uh, comment process and how to go about doing that if they were so inclined. At the time of posting, we did not have any additional public comment. Uh, we did have a meeting with several representatives of the neighborhood. And after the results of that meeting, um, the applicants upon discussing with the, the neighborhood, did revise the original submitted preliminary plat to adjust uh, the size of the lots to gain a little bit more um, size for each individual lot. Again, just to go through the specifics of this particular area, it's approximately three acres. Um, there are currently no lots on this particular piece um, that they are platting, it's part of the golf course. And so they would be platting it into seven individual single family dwelling lots and one tract that will act as a conservation or open, open space uh, easement. 
the entire area is surrounded by uh, RS7 zoning. So this, uh, this is not changing any of the zoning in the area, it's only platting the property. As part of the criteria for review of preliminary plats, staff does check to make sure that it's compliant with the comprehensive plan. Uh, this property is already annexed within the city. It already has current access um, infrastructure and right of way are adjacent to the property to be developed. It is compatible with uh, the comprehensive plan and that this would be considered infill development, which is supported in the comprehensive plan. Uh, the current land use, as I said, was uh, is undeveloped and is open space for the adjacent golf course. Um, the uh, surrounding neighborhood was part of a previous plat for this area under heritage number three at Elkhamart. And when that consisted of 13 residential lots for development along the south side of Nicholas Drive and um, as part of the cul-de-sac to the west. So this plat would be proposing to complete the development along Nicholas Drive. As platted, the property that's surrounding it has all been developed, if it has been developed, has been developed with uh, single family detached dwelling units. This particular plat would propose um, similar size detail uh, residential dwell detached dwelling lots. They're slightly smaller in size. They would range from 13,000 approximately to 15,500 square feet with an average lot size of about 14,400 square feet. And that conservation easement that I mentioned is approximately 25,900 square feet in size. And that is to accommodate an existing stand of trees. And that's outlined in the subdivision requirements, which I will go into in a moment. So the proposed plotting is not changing any of the uh, low density residential use in the area. Thoroughfare considerations for this particular property. As I said, Nicholas Drive is already developed. It's a local road. It's currently built and the plotting action will not change uh, the right of way or access to any street. There are environmental considerations when we plat property um, as required um, in section 201101. It does require protection of stands of mature trees and that's defined in article um, eight subdivision regulations and those trees being of a certain size in this case 25 feet or more in height or a certain caliper eight inches or more in caliper and that create a complete or nearly complete canopy and so the applicant has proposed to set aside a portion of this particular plat to accommodate that open space um, for environmentally sensitive areas and the requirement is approximately or it is the requirement is 20% um, and this applicant has chosen to set aside approximately 21% um, which would meet that requirement uh, for the open space set aside. We also check for complying, compliance with the zoning regulations and as mentioned this is in the RS7 which is a single family detached dwelling uh, district. The minimum lot area for this particular zoning district is 7,000 square feet with a minimum lot frontage of 40 feet and minimum lot width of 60 feet. These light lots that are proposed exceed those minimum requirements in all regards. The proposed platted area is again approximately three acres and with the lot widths ranging from approximately 100 feet to 130 feet and lot frontage ranging from approximately 86 feet to 105 feet. 
So over and above the minimum for uh, RS7 zoning. Roads and access are also evaluated during preliminary planning process. Nicholas Drive being a local road in the cul-de-sac to the west. Local roads require a 50 foot wide uh, right away width and the cul-de-sac of 60 feet. Those currently exist at this location. And so all right of way is in place to accommodate um, the requirements for a local road designation. Uh, there are no vacations or dedications of right away that would be included with this plat. And access to properties are not changing. Um, all lots will continue to take access from Nicholas Drive. Pedestrian access does exist at the site. Uh, sidewalks are currently um, in place along the north side of Nicholas Drive, which is immediately adjacent to these proposed lots. If during, for some reason, during the uh, public improvements, there's a need to replace or modify sidewalks to accommodate that infrastructure connections, that would be replaced to city standards to continue that existing sidewalk. Um, infrastructure or utilities do exist adjacent to the site. As I mentioned earlier, as part of that final platting process, public improvements, uh, public, public improvement plans are required to be submitted and they would have to be improved prior to the reporting of the final plan. Any dedications uh, would go before the city commission for acceptance during that review process. And there will be additional dedications of easements along the front of this development and in kind of the central portion um, for to accommodate those uh, connections to individual lots. So in staff's review of this particular preliminary plat, uh, staff finds that it is uh, in conformance with the preliminary plat review process and staff does recommend approval at this time for the preliminary plat. We'd be happy to stand for any questions if you should have them. Thank you, Catherine. And I do believe we have the applicant with us this evening, Chris Storm. Yes, my name is Christopher Storm with Storm Engineering. I am here to represent the applicant Eagle 1968. Um, I really don't have anything else to add to Catherine's um, thorough staff report and presentation, but I'd be happy to answer any questions that the Planning Commission would have. Okay, thank you. Um, Kyle, are there anybody, any members of the public that have come into City Hall there or anybody that has popped up on the screen? Kyle Kobe Planner, there's nobody in the room. Um, we, I guess we could pause for just a couple extra seconds after the end of this sentence to see if anybody raises their hand, but I don't see any right now. Seeing no public comment, um, we will bring it back to the commission for questions and concerns. Who would like to start? Commissioner Carter, you unmuted yourself. Did you have a question? Um, yes, thank you. Um, Commissioner Ashworth, uh, David Carter, uh, uh, Commissioner. I guess I have a question for staff. Um, uh, uh, Catherine, you mentioned that you know residents had a lot of or neighbors had a lot of uh, questions, including 
when um, and, and how to um, uh, uh, participate in public comments. And yet we don't have any neighbors here tonight. I'm curious if you had any specific questions or concerns that were raised by the neighbors or any specific objections. Um, yes, so the primary concerns that were addressed um, to staff were the size of the lots um, as originally proposed and maybe continually if we have comments um, I don't know. We haven't received any additional comments since our meeting that we had um, with a couple of rep representatives. Um, and then the other very um, significant concern was whether or not these particular properties would be part of the existing um, homeowners association that's currently in place and would be under the same rules and re restrictions that apply to the rest of the neighborhood. Those were the two uh, primary concerns that were reiterated pretty consistently about, among um, the concerns that we had. Very good, thank you. Commissioner Shanklin. Uh, Greg Shankman, Planning Commissioner. Um, we we see the outcome of the concern about the size of the lots, but um, what, what was the outcome of the concern about the participation in the homeowners association? So um, that that would be a private um, agreement between the developers and the existing um, neighborhood association. Um, staff is not a, is not aware of where that stands. Um, we were not informed of where that particular item stands with those particular parties. The applicant may be able to address that more easily than staff. Um, can at this time. Um, I believe that um, information from the homeowners association has been uh, passed along, emailed over on the current requirements and everything like that. And I believe that information is under review by the Eagle 1968. And I mean, Mr. Rexroad, if you want to add more, I mean, those conversations are still happening at this, this time. Thank you. I believe um, Randy Larkin has popped up as well. Did he have a comment for this? Oh, Randy, you're muted. Well, it's this Randy Larkin, Deputy City Attorney. I don't want to get too far afield. Uh, whether or not they're a part of the HOA has nothing to do with the platting situation. So it's kind of outside the purview of what we're discussing here. That's a private discussion going between the neighbors and, and the developer. I just wanted to make sure that everybody's aware of that lot sizes of things or something within your jurisdiction, but whether or not there's a third party agreement outside of that is, is not something that should come into your consideration as to whether or not they meet the criteria for flat approval in this situation. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Shanklin, did you have a response? Uh, Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. I, I, Mr. Larkin's response was what I expected, and that's why I wondered why it was mentioned in the report at all, since I didn't see it as being relevant to our consideration. But um, that's just a curiosity. Yeah, I might just clarify that staff did not mention the Homeowners Association in the report. That, that was only, we mentioned the lot size um, and staff consistently let the applicant know and the neighbors know that that was a private matter that they needed to work out amongst themselves. 
Any other commissioners wish to ask a question or speak? I have a quick question. Erin uh, Payton, Commissioner. Uh, it's a RS7 dwelling, single dwelling residential. Is that, and you said it's currently part of the golf course, is that um, typical that a golf course or part of a golf course would have a residential um, zoning or was that rezoned at some point kind of with this in mind? I believe this area may have been rezoned. I know part of Albemarle was um, under plan development. I don't know which particular sections have been rezoned. Um, you can certainly look it up or if Jeff or Becky knows offhand, we can get that question answered for you. I'm Erin uh, Payton, Commissioner. I'm not too concerned about it. I was just wondering if that was something that, like, if the whole golf course was um, zoned that way, zoned as a residential dwelling. Yes, um, significant portion is actually zoned residential. Um, there, there are a few lingering planned um, development areas, I believe, in some sections of what was formerly a larger planned development um, that was the whole Albemarle entity, but I believe um, a lot of it has been rezoned to conventional zoning. So a lot of the golf course is conventional residential zoning or multifamily. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. Uh, Commissioner Payton, to your question, the golf course was previously zoned RS2 under the 1966 zoning code. So as the code converted in 2006, the RS2 district became the RS7 district. So under the old iteration of the code, it was actually zoned into a, in a residential district. So it's been in that configuration for, for quite some time with the zoning. Okay, thank you. Any other commissioners wish to speak on this topic? I do have one quick question. Um, in the application of the staff report, um, question for, for Catherine, there was a discussion of a central portion of the area that was reconfigured to add, lot, add to the lot size. Um, so can you explain that a little bit? And the second part of that question is, does that mean that the conservation area was then reduced for that? No, so the conservation area exists in its entirety as it has always been since they submitted it. There were two tracks. Um, there was a tract in the central portion for access and uh, drainage and utility. Um, that was separate from what is now being labeled as tract A. Um, so that tract in the center has reduced in size to just be really more the size of a typical easement instead of a large tract. And when they reduced that, they took that area and dispersed it amongst the lots so that each lot got a little more area. So there is still an easement in that central portion, but it is no longer a significant tract size. Thank you. Um, any other commissioners wish to comment or have a question? Would anybody like to propose a motion? Commissioner Shanklin. 
This is Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. Um, before we go to the vote, um, I, I, I'd just like to take a moment um, to reflect on something that I think is germane to this particular site, but to the way we approach um, development of, of properties in Lawrence proper generally. It's undisputed that we need more housing in Lawrence desperately. And, you know, we're constantly hearing pleas from the Board of Realtors and the Lawrence Home Builders uh, to create more housing development opportunities, uh, particularly at the urban fringe requiring the extension of municipal services. Yet in recent meetings, um, we've rezoned a mixed use commercial and multifamily residential parcel to uh, single family detached. Um, in meeting last month, we rezoned from multifamily to single family detached. Um, tonight, we're considering um, permitting a plat that takes property that could support, even with the 20% uh, conservation easement, at least based on land area alone, um, 14 units, not just seven. And so the point being that there are development opportunities in Lawrence that we seem to be missing, actually extend the urban fringe. And so, um, you know, sorry about the soapbox, but we need to figure out how to solve that problem. So I will make a motion. Um, if I can pull it up on my screen. Uh, that we approve the preliminary plat for heritage number four edition based on the findings listed in the staff report. Uh, Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin. Do we have a second? Do we have a second? Commissioner Butler? Thank you. Are there any? Are there any further comments? Seeing none, Jeff, could I ask you to call the roll? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes seven to zero. Okay, and now we will welcome back Chair Sinclair. Thank you, all. Thank you, Luke Sinclair Chair. That is the end of the items we have for discussion on the regular agenda. <clears throat> um, for miscellaneous new world business, we do have uh, the 2022 Planning Commission meeting calendar to talk about, as well as anything else that um, planning staff has for us. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services, just to present to your upcoming 2022 calendar for your consideration and uh, possible adoption. That is the only item that we had this evening in addition. Okay, Luke Sinclair Chair. Um, has everybody had a chance to look at the calendar? Does anybody have questions about it? Um, before we consider uh, 
adopting it. No questions or comments? Okay. Oh, Commissioner Willie. Erin Willie, Planning Commissioner. Um, our annual fall training, will that be happening this year or next year? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. We were hoping to be able to do a train that was more uh, akin to your normal training, which is in person and, and a longer day. But given the current operating standards that we're in, that's we're not able to do that at the moment. So right now we're looking to schedule a your fall training, hopefully in the spring when, when we can do the weather and also then accommodate a longer, more uh, robust day than, than what you usually see on there. So at the moment, probably won't see that until the spring at, at at its best at the moment, but we'll keep everybody informed as we progress down those lines. Luke Sinclair Chair, uh, Commissioner Willie, is that answer okay? Or do you have any other thoughts about that? And really, Planning Commissioner, I just want to stress that it's really important. We've invited a fair number of new members um, who've also not met us in person. Uh, and we are just, I think we are in danger of, of losing some of the culture of, 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 of trust and, and um, speaking with the community. I just want to make sure that we don't um, shortchange those learning experiences because I think they've been really valuable to me in my time. And I think they would be, especially to our new commissioners. John Craig. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services. I've I can speak for staff on that one. We agree with with you about the opportunity, which is why we were we were holding out hope to be able to do it in person this fall. But um, we're trying to have the in person in the spring is if, uh, all conditions willing for that exact reason. So we're, we're hopeful to kind of have that because. Um, while the, the half day on Zoom training was was nice, I did, would I think we all felt that it was probably not the the best format or the best. Uh, way to conduct the training to get the most out of it that we would typically expect. So that's that's our hope. We're going to be keeping an eye on the weather and the conditions and see if we can't fit one in early in the spring. Luke Sinclair, Chair. Thanks, Jeff. I, that was that was what I was going to follow up to in response to Commissioner Willie's comments. I think I I assume that everyone is probably sort of chomping at the bit to be able to get together and have one of those. Um, days and for the commissioners that haven't been able to experience them, they're they're a lot of fun and a, a really good learning opportunity, an opportunity to get to know each other. In, in addition, um, the or the social that we usually have in conjunction with that is is a good way to do that too. Uh, <clears throat> but like Jeff said, it you know the the Zoom half day orientation has its limitations and. Uh, you know, we were sort of trying to figure out if we wanted to do something like that and shoot for an in-person. And I, I think we were, at least in our conversations uh, between the vice chair staff and I felt like we ought to shoot really hard to be able to do this um, when the weather gets better and hopefully we're in a little better position uh, to be able to accommodate it. So let's all just really hope that that works out so that we can um, take advantage of those opportunities for the reasons that Commissioner Willie said. Does anybody else have any other questions about the calendar? Um, does anybody want to make a motion to adopt the calendar? I assume we need to make a motion, Jeff. Is that right? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. We would appreciate a motion and a, and a vote for it. Okay. 
Thank you, Luke Sinclair Chair. Would any commissioner like to make a motion to um, approve and adopt this calendar? I see Commissioner Rexford raising his hand. So we have a motion to um, adopt that calendar. A second. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. Uh, Jeff, can you call the roll? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Rexrub? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes nine to zero. Very good, Luke Sinclair Chair, thank you. Jeff, is there anything else that we need to consider under the miscellaneous new or old business? Uh, Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services, no other items this evening. Very good. Um, can I have a motion, unless anybody else wants to offer anything or say anything, I think we'd probably take a motion to adjourn for the evening. Anyone want to make a motion? Commissioner so Carter? Moved. Thank you, Commissioner Carter. We have a motion uh, to adjourn, seconded by Commissioner Rexroad. Uh, Jeff, can you call the roll on that? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes nine to zero. Luke Sinclair Chair, thank you all. Um, and we'll see you next month. So we have met for an average of uh, just over two and a half hours per meeting this week. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to look at it. Have a good month. <laughs>